Good morning, St. Columbus. I'm Betsy Oster, and here is the most recent version of my faith story. I had a beef with the church from an early age. I was raised in the Catholic Church and attended Catholic schools in a working-class community in Erie, Pennsylvania. There were a lot of things I didn't like about what I saw. I didn't think it was fair that I had to go to church every single Sunday, even on vacation. I didn't think it was fair that I couldn't have pepperoni pizza on Fridays. I didn't think it was fair that my brothers could be altar boys and I had to sit in the pew with my parents. I didn't like how the church was organized. There were nuns, women, mostly poor, some a bit unstable, and priests, men, most of whom drank, ate too much, and whose homes were cleaned and cared for by women parishioners. When I was in seventh grade, Sister Mary Helen was diagnosed with a mouth cancer, and we, her students, were instructed to pray to God in thanksgiving for this trial while we turned our backs to her so we wouldn't see her crying. If we thanked him earnestly enough, we were taught, God would take the cancer away. An approach to prayer that struck me even at the time as indicative of a perverse and sadistic God. When I was in eighth grade, three of the girls in my class got pregnant, and all of us were lined up so that Monsignor Daly could castigate us and call us sluts. When I graduated from high school and left for college, I left the Catholic Church with a sigh of relief. I might never have returned to church, but in graduate school, I fell in love with John Gunther, whose mother was, of all things, a priest. The late Reverend Margaret Gunther consecrated our marriage in a small church in Bloomington, Indiana. The men in my family were made very uncomfortable by a sacrament being administered by a woman priest and I was gleeful about their discomfort. Take that, I thought. See how you like it. I found a spiritual home in the Episcopal Church and an example of wise, fierce, loving Christianity in my mother-in-law. At the same time, I know my relationship with God remained a bit one-dimensional and immature. I loved the pre-resurrection Jesus, the Jesus of outcasts, fallen women, and anger in the temple. The Jesus who spoke with eloquence and love about taking care of the poor and setting aside wealth and privilege. But I was definitely struggling to get to know the post-resurrection Jesus, the Jesus of salvation, calling us to the kingdom of God. And I realized I wanted to know more about this aspect of God, about the church, about theology, all of it. So I enrolled in EFM, Education for Ministry. EFM is a four-year program of study and prayer for lay people, created and administered by Sewanee, the University of the South. My EFM class was a three-hour day class run by two mentors from the parish of St. Albans. During those four years, I had the freedom and the support to explore the Hebrew Bible and the Gospels, the early church, different strains of theology, and many different practices of prayer. We spent half our time talking about God and half of it talking to and with God. 
For me, it was a joy and a structure and a community that strengthened my relationship with the many faces and aspects of God. One of the fundamental teachings of my EFM experience was the cycle of God's relationship with God's people, initially the Israelites, but ultimately all of us. God calls us into relationship. We turn toward God. But what God asks of us becomes difficult. We turn away from God, and things get even more difficult, and God welcomes us back into relationship. This cycle felt familiar to me, and my particular stumbling block in relationship with God has always been about who gets to decide who gets thrown out of the temple and when. I have always had a long list of people and practices whom I think are overdue for divine comeuppance. But Paul writes, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. That anger at injustice that served me well as a little girl in Erie doesn't always serve me anymore, not even in 2020. Or maybe especially not in 2020, this year of a renewed awakening to racial injustice and an increasing awareness of the gulf between rich and poor. My habits of anger and resentment could so easily paralyze me in this year. And so I begin again. I come back to St. Columbus, the place and the people who support my faith. In my 20 plus years here, I have encountered so many saints whose faith and love are an inspiration and an example for me. As soon as the doors to the nave were reopened for in-person worship, I walked through them, not because I'm so devout or observant, but because I have learned that I am a very poor Christian in isolation. I need this community to call me back again and again into relationship with a loving God who calls to and embraces the whole world. Being at St. Columbus and being with all of you, in worship especially, calls me back to God's superfluous grace and transcendent love. I know that I need that discipline and support to remain in relationship with God, and that is why I give whatever I can to support this place and this people who have given so much to me. Amen.